0: this episode, the gentlemen from Midnight Syndicate, Edward mm-hmm. Douglas and Gavin Gaskin, return to the Spooky mm-hmm. Flits Fest to discuss their brand new live show at Cedar Point. You'll also hear them talk about some of their favorite horror movies, and there's even a short discussion of horror hours. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be enveloped by the cacophony's horror of Midnight Syndicate.
1: (laughs) And I am here with the ones and onlys, Ed and Gavin of Midnight Syndicate, They are back. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, great to be here again. Absolutely. It is awesome having you back. Recently, I listened to your interview with my pal Hammond over at Beyond the Playlist. Mm, Nice. And he did such an effective job, and you guys did such a great job, I felt, laying out your background, where you've come from, and all the musical stuff, which is definitely his forte. It's a fantastic interview. Everybody listen to this. Go download Beyond the Playlist. The interview with the midnight syndicate guys it yeah. was a hell of a good interview
2: yeah thanks yeah, i haven't asked a lot of great questions that we hadn't been asked before you know about the creative process and yeah. you know where we we're coming from it just made for i mean i thought i was i was kind of you know it's always fun when you're doing questions you haven't done before and and getting to explain some things that people may may be interested in that they haven't heard us talk about before
1: yeah absolutely and we had you guys on this time last year and during that episode We went over your background, how you guys got started, and that sort of thing. But for anybody who may not have heard that episode, would you mind giving us just a little bit of an idea of what Midnight Syndicate is and what your music is all about?
2: Midnight Syndicate is basically, like we always say, our our CDs, we've been doing them for for 17 years now, uh, they resemble soundtracks to imaginary films. Um, So it's movie-style music, um, and what we do is we blend in sound effects, not unlike what you used to hear from the old radio dramas of the 30s and 40s and such, and before that. The idea is that when you put in one of our CDs, you get transported to a world or a movie of your own creation. And then the other aspect of what we do is that we both are really huge horror fans. So just about every disc we've ever done tends to be very horror-based really are into the paranormal so the paranormal plays a big you know part in these discs so when you put on these discs you're transported to like a haunted house or a dark carnival or you know haunted insane asylum or something to that effect they're great we'd like to think just for listening to if you like dark background music to listen to while you're working or just chilling out and then of course it's halloween time it's really good atmosphere for that and that's really what has allowed us to uh, grow as we have over the years just because our music really hit a niche with people that like good, creepy music for Halloween as opposed to like Monster Mash or like more like party music. But for all of the haunted amusement par- haunted houses and all the amusement parks and all the people that decorate their houses that are serious and want, you know, you know some good quality, dark, creepy stuff. And so that's where you'll find us a lot this time of year. And uh, it's really, you know, what has allowed us to keep doing this for all, all these years now.
1: Do you want anything else, Gavin? I think you summed it up pretty
3: well, actually. <laughs> that was spot on. Yeah, right on. It covered the, the basics without getting too verbose. Very nicely done. Ev.
2: Trying to cut it down there, Yeah.
1: When you we had you on last time, you had just released Monsters of Legend, which I love. I, I got it out for this wonderful season. I, and of course, your stuff... Could listen to all year long, but I, I like it as a, it's like, you know, it's Halloween. It's like you know the Christmas music, you know, it's like sometimes the radio starts playing it in, I don't know, early August. And I love that you guys seem to really, really have created the opportunity for, to have that type of musical experience that really fits a certain season, a certain, the certain feeling and the atmosphere and everything about it is what I know I love. And I played it for my kids. Actually, my oldest son turns eight tomorrow. Uh, we just got back from getting him his first leopard gecko just side note (laughs) speaking of an interesting experience and i played monsters legend for them and they my oldest one seems to be leaning the more the most towards loving monsters and things uh, of that nature my middle child likes to really act tough (laughs) but then he hears the music from predator and like an idiot i showed him a picture of what the predator looked like and let's just say we didn't maybe get some sleep for a while oh But to give you an idea, your music is so effective that the oldest one is loving it. Even my, and my four soon to be five-year-old was loving it. My middle child pretending to be tough then suddenly goes, okay, daddy, uh, can, can you stop now? I'm like, <laughs> um, son, it's it's just music. <laughs> that's great though and I finally convinced him about an hour later we played it and I can't remember what track it was but it's it's one where you can hear the horse approaching and hear voices whispering and so I'm trying to really play up the angle of the sound effects and everything and I think he didn't know whether to be terrified or intrigued so bravo to both of you gentlemen
3: <laughs> oh thank you thank you
1: <laughs> and congratulations by the way on the Rondo award for that I know you got that I guess it was earlier in the year that uh yes that came out but
2: yeah, no, that was great. And so, I mean, it's, it's always a big thing. That's like the one opportunity for people that work in this genre, horror films or horror magazines or, you know, podcasts or anything, to get recognized. And, and so it's really neat that they do that. And um, our last CD, Carnival Arcane, was the first one that we, the first Rondo award that we won. And then, yeah, then we followed with uh, Monsters of Legend and won that this year. So that was, it, it, that was really cool. It's really awesome
1: very cool well yeah, and i i wanted to go ahead and and we won't save it for the end because i i want to reserve the the movie stuff for the end but let's i want to jump right into your show the 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 live at cedar point show that you guys are doing the midnight syndicate live uh, legacy of Shadows, correct yes. yes and you know tell us how it's going obviously it's going for the entire month right
3: Yeah, through uh, Halloween weekend, Uh, our last show will be uh, November 1st, you know, the uh, 10 o'clock at uh, 1030 on November 1st. We don't do a Sunday show that day because it's, you know, that's the end of their season and stuff. But so we got two more weekends left. But, yeah, it is going fantastically well. I don't think either of us could be more pleased. I don't think we would have expected the response that we're getting uh, going into it. And I were just talking, in fact, this weekend about how, The expectation was, you know, when Cedar Point came to us, they were like, well, you know, we're kind of thinking maybe you'll draw, you know, three, four, maybe 500 people on a good day, you know, for the show and stuff. And our Saturday 6 o'clock shows routinely are just, they they cut it off. It's, you know, 800 and some people. Nice. It's just, it's, yeah, it's been crazy cool. You know, one of the, the coolest things is hearing people's feedback after the show. It's great that, you know, we have a merch tent set set up outside of the venue, so we'll go out there and kind of do a meet and greet and stuff, and people can pick up, you know, products and stuff if they want to, but the cool part is hearing people's feedback about it, and not just, you know, know, we've been getting a lot of great feedback from our fans, but even from just normal park goers that didn't know what to expect going into the show, they were expecting, like, a typical, like, family-oriented, hey, this is going to be kind of fun and not super creepy, like singing and dancing and kind of like, Ooh, you know, it's Halloween time. And they come out going, wow. Okay. That was really intense. You know, <laughs> that was, I did not expect that.
1: They they were expecting mad monster party. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people
3: are <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> over and over. Like, you know, I just, this is nothing like anything I've seen at Cedar point before or any theme park, you know, it's just, I, I can't believe that, you know? So it, that's been really, really cool.
1: Well, that's awesome. And it, I'm glad to hear the show is uh, going so well. Now, I know that it is a multimedia experience, right? hmm. Yep. yep. Give us an idea of what goes into that. What goes into the preparation? Because I, I know you have elements of video and you have elements of obviously live action. How much are you guys involved in all the coordination of that, uh, you know, are you directing everything as well as producing and putting it on? Or is it something that you just are overseeing, but you have other folks that are pushing to make that happen?
3: Um, I think, it, I mean, it was definitely us kind of driving the whole thing. You know, we were the ones that kind of, you know, not only pulled the ideas together, but gave it a, a sense of like direction and stuff. But having said that, There's been a lot of fantastic people that we're working with to, you know, without which we wouldn't have been able to put on the show, you know, like the, our set designers, you know, Screamline Studios and Evolutions, like the cast and crew out at Cedar Point, you know, is an integral part of the show. I don't, I'm not going to give anything away. I got to be careful about that. You know, (laughs) saying too much, but. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a live vocalist for a, a couple of the songs, Emily, you know, and without her, the, this, you know, the show wouldn't be the same. Without some of the other actors and stuff and the elements that we have on there, you know, it just wouldn't, wouldn't be what it is. Um, so, yes, it's kind of us driving the whole thing, but it's kind of a, a collaborative effort in the sense that without those other people and without their input and, you know, we had a, a great lighting designer, um, you know, that, that made the stage come to life and everything. Without those people, it wouldn't be the show that it is.
2: Yes, that's true. One of the good things is Cedar Point did give us, I mean they they entrusted the show to us. We were able to produce the show the way we we wanted to. They've just been fantastic partners, offering assistance and ideas, but at the same time really allowing us to do the show that we that we wanted to do. And that's really cool, having that free, complete uh, creative control. And that's what makes the feedback even that much better because you know we wanted to deliver a good show for them that their their audience that their crowds uh, enjoyed as well the cedar point fans and i think we've done that and uh, so that's that's great
1: i know last year you were getting ready to do the kickstarter thing and then this opportunity came up and i remember thinking yeah, i hope this thing really comes together because you've been really putting your heart and soul into all of this and it's cool when you launch something like this and all the pieces come together and people respond in such a positive way. So that is great. Congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, okay. Thank you.
1: okay. I'm going to now shift us over the sort of theme that has been running through a lot of these bonus episodes is I, I posited the question to several folks is what movie from your childhood, what horror movie that terrified you traumatized you, et cetera, et cetera. And when you watch it today, it still affects you. Now, obviously, being, you know, going from a kid to an adult, your perception of of the film and everything else could shift. But maybe it freaks you out in a different way or it just gets to you. There's something about it. Do you have either of you? And we could start with either one, Ed. We can start with you, Gavin. Either one of do you have a movie that fits that criteria first? And if so, what is it? And then why? What is it about that movie? <laughs>
3: uh you want to go first dad do you have one in mind or i'm uh, still still processing still processing. okay i i know what mine is uh and ironically it's funny um because i i just saw it on tv again the other day uh the original salem's lot that was the the movie for me that i remember watching it and i think they did it in like multiple parts because that's the way they replayed it on on tv just recently it was like oh yeah that's right it was like across several days or whatever you know Um, I remember watching that though. And I was just like, wow, man. I mean, it really, I think I had nightmares for, for several nights after that. But once I got past that, I'm like, all right, that was awesome. I mean, just, I guess being affected to that level uh, by a movie I hadn't been until that point the scenes where the the vampires are like scratching on the window and stuff you know trying to get in and that's just creepy man i mean I, you know i don't know and and james mason is a fabulous actor in that too he's just such a great character you know
1: yeah now did do you recall when you originally saw it um i was what year did that come out i think it was the 79 i think 79 yeah. okay so i was 9, nine years old <laughs> so <laughs>
3: But, yeah, yeah, and, you know, I, I, when I just saw it again, I'm like, okay, you know, some of the acting, you know, may come across as a little bit, well, okay, it's, you know, some of it's a little bit cheesier than I remembered it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, this, the scares are still there. The effectiveness of the movie, uh, the creature, the vampire, you know, Barlow, oh, come on, it's just, it was, it was really well done. And it's still, I think that one still holds up over time. I'll also throw out, that one, that was probably the one that freaked me out the most, uh, but I just saw Ghost Story again, the Peter Straub, you know that's i'd love that film i mean it was again it was something that was like in the early 80s i think like 80 what
1: 183 something like that i want to say it was either 80 or 81 that's what i'm leaning to. okay
3: i saw it back then and it was one of those things that like kind of stays with you for a while after it it wasn't as like freak you out kind of for me at least it was more just like haunting and like you, you kept thinking about the characters and the situation and that poor girl and everything and i just saw it the other night again and i'm like You know, this thing just, it still holds up, man. It still is effective. I got into the story. I got into the characters, you know.
1: Salem's Lot, it's awesome you bring that up because one of the uh, gentlemen that I had on, his name's Dave Becker, and he does a site called DVD Infatuation, and he brought Salem's Lot to the table. So, and I told him my horror geek card may get revoked. I'm very familiar with it. I've seen the remake with Rob Lowe, but I've never seen the original to which he responded that I needed to change it quickly. And my buddy Peter from Sweden says, don't worry, my friend, I will send you a copy immediately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a great, those are great choices.
3: I hope you enjoy it when you, you know, when you, when you do get around to seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Ed, how about you, man? And, and if you have to, if you have to pause and think about it.
3: No, no, no.
2: I've been thinking about it for a while. I don't think there's any one particular movie that, um, and that's the probably, probably the thing with me, uh, but more on an accumulation of different ones and different scenes and different, Films over the years, and over the years, not just like as a in, in, in my childhood, but like at various times, in the 1980 version of uh, Dracula, uh, John Williams did the score, and Frank Lancella, I believe, did play the. That was a really at that time for some reason when I saw that that had I think that probably there's only one scene in there. It's when Mina. When they're going underground to find Mina, uh, it just because she's out, you know, of course, eating, you know, children and animals and everything like that. She's been turned and they go into this like sewer, uh, they go into her grave and she's like crawling around through the sewer. And you could, and, and, and then they, and then suddenly you just see her foot, her, her um, feet, and like she's wearing the sleeves, but like. It's just so creepy to see that long flowing dress and her walking. And then when they pan up to her, actually, when you finally do see her face and she, you know, it is like the scariest thing ever. And I am sure that that gave me nightmares for just for just, you know, forever afterwards. That one scene still to this day, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's still creepy. It still creeps me out right now just thinking about it. So I would say that that's a scene in a movie that definitely stuck with me. Um, I think that Pet Cemetery probably really uh that really gave me a, a a shock back then uh when I saw it it really did um the whole scene with Zelda uh, gave me, uh she gave me nightmares for
1: Rachel uh,
2: Rachel! A, and Colleen my wife could do that that impression really well and she would do that like it was really quiet you know in the darker room she would just like 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 do that voice from the car and, like hey <laughs> What are you doing? So I suppose that probably you know left some uh, some uh, that that definitely affected me, and I definitely thought about that movie so much. Just like Gavin said with Ghost Story, which I'm looking at right now. I own that one. That's that's one of my favorites of all time too. But I think that that movie really got me thinking afterwards, the scenarios and the and, you know bringing back people from the dead and everything like that. And um, so I know that that movie definitely is one of those ones I thought about for just many many days afterwards and so i love that one i am surprised that the evil dead because you're watching it and i don't even i can't remember when i saw it i wasn't when it first came out but it was pretty early on but it's so hokey it's the 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 the, the blood and the animation it's like so like I don't know, it's just not something that would normally, like, really freak me out. You know what I mean? Yes, Especially when yes. you see those those blood effects and some of that stuff. It, like, totally takes me out of the uh, the movie, and I'm just, like, watching it for fun. Yet there are still moments in that film that, to this day, still get under my skin. And it's about the girls, like, sitting on the uh, ground and, like, and the one underneath the, uh, in the, that it goes underneath the, the, the floorboards and, like, pops her heads up and head up and stuff like that. There are scenes and there's moments in those movies that still to this day are just so incredibly effective that it's brilliant and I love it. And uh, the last one I had was Sixth Sense, which I saw very, very old, uh, very um, much longer, you know, later, of course. Um, I think everybody has something, their own fears and everything, everybody has something that's going to affect them in a certain way just because it must tap into some sort of fear that they have or whatever or not but that movie i think the idea of the ghosts there watching just standing like turning around and there's a ghost like right behind you you can't see it it's there the scene where the mother's screaming down the hallway you know as a daughter and then the, the little boy runs into the tent turns around, there's that girl like vomiting at it. that those scenes alone that night freaked me out so much that I that that was the last time that I remember seeing the movie and afterwards just being totally, like, on high alert. Like, probably left on a couple of lights that night just because it really, uh, it was great. It was great fun. It's one of my favorite movies. But especially that first time through, uh, just so wonderful, uh, wonderfully creepy. Now, I don't know if it has the same effect on me now, but at the time, holy cow, that just had a really big effect on me. And I still consider it one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: I find what I loved about Sixth Sense is that it did something that, like, there's a sense of, um, I don't know how to put it, it's it's this element, this almost little spark that it's not just the horror, it's not just the unknown and the unknowable and the supernatural, it's all that mixed together with this odd sense of something so much bigger at play, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's like it's freaking you the hell out, but at the same time, it's giving you these goosebumps and and just I heard Clyde Barker make a comment once where he said there's something comforting about the zombies crashing through the French doors because it means there's an afterlife <laughs> ah, <nice. laughs> and it was just the way you just very matter-of-fact way and it's like I, I get what he's saying like I get it and I, I just there's Sixth Sense to me has those moments like when the the moments when the little kid is just sitting there and it's those quieter moments and like you said the little girl shows up you know that that's a big jump scare but just that moment before where he's, he starts seeing his breath and just you know i know i remember just even think about it, and i just get those goosebumps all over your scalp and your shoulders it's just it's creepy but in such a good effective way
2: when he's going to the bathroom and the shadow passes it's very simple but you know what at the time and that that's just like brilliant i was i was right there they had me oh they, they had me i was in and so, yeah.
1: and another great one for that is the Changeling with George C. Scott.
2: Oh yeah, another movie that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I love a ghost story. Uh, a, I don't have a huge collection of movies, but if I absolutely love a movie and must have it, then I, then I, then I do. And both the story and Changeling are, are two of them for that very reason. Simple little ball dropping down the stairs.
1: Great movie. Well, that was that was good. That was that was what I wanted to get out of you. Those are all excellent picks of all these. Yet yeah, Pet Cemetery. I remember going with my dad to see that, and holy crap, to this day, man. I think everybody has an issue with Zelda. (laughs) Well,
2: that's good. That makes me feel a little better. I thought that uh, that was uh, good Good to hear. No,
1: because if actually, I I, I know you're very busy gentlemen. If you get an opportunity at some point, uh, the episode we have coming out for the Spooky Flicks Fest, it's episode 18 or 19, so it comes out this last week right before Halloween. Jason Piles, he does a horror movie podcast. He did a solo cast on Pet Cemetery. He did an awesome job. I mean, freaking phenomenal in his analysis of that movie. And in particular, Zelda and why that scene works on a psychological level. (laughs) Seriously, if you get a chance, I highly recommend checking out. It's like, I want to say say, they're going to be 18 or 19 of this little spooky flicks fest thing we got going on. It just fantastic his analysis of what that movie was about and all the and his argument that it's like the ultimate horror movie and that it literally hits on virtually every subgenre in a way
2: (laughs) it does does do a lot it does do a lot and it leaves you thinking afterwards you know i mean i I just you know and i think that's always a really good thing too
1: before we wrap this bad boy up I, i i would be highly remiss if i didn't ask you being that you are from ohio I would be very, very remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, do you gentlemen have a favorite horror host?
2: <laughs> for us, we only grew There was one that we could see that it was, it was Big Chuck and Little John. Uh,
1: I'm a huge horror host nut. Uh, I grew up with Dr. Paul Bearer. That was our local guy. He was on the air for 22 years, I think, before he passed away. So that was our local guy. And then uh, Commander USA on USA. But yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with uh, Big Chuck and Little John. I mean, it seems like Ohio is like, the epicenter to some degree of classic, iconic horror hosts like Gallardi and Cool oh, Ghoul yeah. and The Ghoul and all these guys.
2: Absolutely. And The Ghoul, yeah, he was another one. You know, just a different different uh, area for us. But yeah, Big Chuck and Little John are like a direct you know, we're the descendants of Gallardi and who still has a huge well, the people that remem- remember him fondly, they still have Gallardi Fest every year here in Cleveland. And, and, and here's somebody who is passed away a long time ago and his shows haven't even been on the air since oh, I don't even know we're talking like 30 40 years yet there's still a convention dedicated to him uh where everybody just comes out and celebrates his work and uh, all the other horror hosts in the area and stuff and it's really it's it's just an awful lot of fun but um yeah so he yeah he's definitely one of the first and definitely uh made an impact uh you know in this in this region for sure
1: do you concur Gavin
3: No, I I actually growing up, I never really got into a lot of the the, like the hosted shows like that. I I guess it just missed me or something. I would watch a lot of like, you know, when they'd they'd show movies at night on TV, you know, and stuff. Uh, And then certainly when cable hit, you know, that was that was awesome to see things without commercials and stuff like that. But, yeah, I just I I guess that that whole thing skipped over me or something. (laughs)
1: Well, for some people, it just wasn't their thing, obviously, you know, I mean, there's a certain campy quality to a lot of it. But if, if you didn't even know it, it was it was there to be watched, <laughs> you can't be faulted for that. I think I, I knew
3: about them, you know, and I'd maybe seen like, um, you know, like, you know, one or two times, like, you know, in passing and stuff. And yeah, it just never grabbed me. So I was just kind of like, well, I'll just watch the, the movie, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But it's cool. I mean, it's you know, it's it's certainly cool to, to, to get into that stuff.
1: All right. Final thing. Any uh, upcoming projects you guys can talk about after the live show. I really that's probably I don't know, taking up a little of your time right now. But yeah, right.
3: <laughs> that's actually been a really common question at the at the shows, in fact. Everybody's like, So what are you doing after this? And honestly, we haven't really I mean, we just like threw around a couple of, of we were talking about it really briefly at at like dinner the other night, you know, like, okay, what do you think we're gonna do after this? And you know, it's like, well, we gotta tear down the set and you know, whatever. But yeah, we really <laughs> really haven't gotten into that at all. I mean, it's you're so focused on doing the show and doing the best job you can and everything that it involves and promoting it. And, you know, and all of that, it's kind of like, I guess we're just waiting to see what happens at the end. (laughs) We'll go from there, you know?
1: Well, that's completely understandable. And I've got to imagine from your perspective, because I can only imagine how long you've been planning to do something like this show. And now here we are starting to push into the last part of this month that I got to imagine it's just flown by.
3: It really has. I I can't, you know, it's, it's funny because going into it, you're, you're, you're thinking about all these things like what's what's this going to be like what's going to happen how many people are going to draw it you know what people going to like it and all that and now here we are like nearing the end of the run and it's like it's like a whirlwind I mean it really is
2: Oh, it has it's eight weekends and it it just flown by at a crazy pace too fast
1: Well gentlemen I thank you very much for attending yet another Spooky Flicks Fest it's Ed and Gavin of Midnight Syndicate. Please go to MidnightSyndicate.com. Check them out. I will have links in the show notes for this episode. If you are in the, was in Cleveland, correct?
2: Yeah, Cleveland, Sandusky, Detroit. It's a Cedar Point Hollow Weekends. There's so much to do there because they have all the rides open and then you have all these haunted houses. And that's the beauty of it. We do the show several times a day. So you oh, don't, that's great. Again, just another great advantage of doing the show there.
1: All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you have a very, very happy Halloween.
2: You too. Thanks for having us, Anjo.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thank you for joining us for this 2014 Spooky Fest special presentation. And a very special thanks to Edward Douglas and Gavin Goska for joining us. To learn more about Midnight Syndicate and to check out their amazing music, be sure to visit MidnightSyndicate.com. Looking for more spooky fun? Why not head on over to ForgotFlix.com, where you can sign up to receive free updates and something horrific delivered to your inbox every day in October. See you soon! <laughs>